So I'm going to talk about the six types of enzymes. Before I do, there's the module makes mention of a couple of enzymes because what, what the goal is that you should be able to look at the enzyme, the name of the enzyme, and have some idea of what it does. Let's take two examples. Number one is DNA polymerase, which is involved in DNA replication. Let's break this name apart. DNA polymerase. DNA is the target molecule. The enzyme acts on upon it, upon DNA. And polymerase. Polymerases make polymers of some target molecule. Put those two deductions together, you get DNA polymerase's function, which is to make polymers of DNA. Number two is hexokinase. Let's do the same technique. Let's break it apart. Hexo means six, as in glucose is a six carbon sugar. And kinases are phosphate adding enzymes or phosphorylating enzymes. That's for activation, but that's, that's another thing entirely. Put those two together, you get hexokinase is a an enzyme that phosphorylates six carbon sugars. And this is involved in the first step of glycolysis. Now let's begin the actual uh, division, the six divisions of enzyme types. Um, before I begin, I want you to remember the this uh, acronym for it, which is lithol, L-I-T-H-O-L. Um, and I'm gonna get into what those mean. Lithol, L-I-T-H-O-L. Let's begin. Number one is transferases, which, which transfer functional groups from molecule A to molecule B. For all of these, I'm going to be including skeletal formulas, and you'll see what I mean by that in just a second. So uh, the skeletal formula, for example, for transferase is A plus BX yields AX plus B, where X is the functional group. So A plus BX yields AX plus B. So we saw that X jumped from B to A, and that's the functional group that's being moved by the transferase enzyme. Number two is ligases, which are very simple. They just join two molecules, A and B. So the skeletal formula is very easy. It's A plus B yields AB. Number three is oxidoreductase, and of the six, this is kind of the most content heavy, um, but I'm going to be going through these with examples later. I just want you to be able to um, know all of them quickly. So oxidoreductases move electrons between molecules A and B, and you could kind of tell that from oxidoreductase, this is going to be a, a redox-involved uh, enzyme, okay? The skeletal formula is A plus B lone pair, so B has lone, a, pair of, a, a, pair of lone, a lone pair of electrons on it. A plus B lone pair yields A lone pair plus B. One thing I have to say at this point is oxidoreductase is the only enzyme where you use equilibrium arrows for that skeletal formula. And I'll discuss why in a bit, okay? Uh, number four is isomerases, and these convert molecules A to their isomers B. So the skeletal formula is A yields B, where B is an isomer of A, where, where both of them are isomers of each other. Number five is hydrolase, and this is a cleaving enzyme that cleaves bonds using H2O, you know, between molecules A and B. So here we have A plus H2O yields B plus C, and I'm just going to spoil it right now. Hydrolases, a lot of the, these reactions are just hydrolysis reactions. You could kind of tell from the skeletal formula, right? A plus H2O yields B plus C, where B and C are components of A. Number six is lyase. This is another cleaving enzyme, except unlike hydrolysis or hydro hydrolase, it cleaves without H2O or redox. So it's worth noting that the cleaving enzymes are hydrolase, lyase, and even oxidoreductase. I'll talk about that a lot more in a second though. So the skeletal formula for lyases are A yields B plus C. So again, lithol, transferases, ligases, oxidoreductases, isomerases, hydrolases, and lyases. Okay, so now I'm gonna go through each one and offer just one example so that you can see exactly what's going on. 
Um, let's begin with transferase. Recall that this transfers functional groups, moves functional group X between from molecule A to molecule B. An example is peptidyl transferase. And let's use that same technique of breaking apart the enzyme name to figure out its meaning. Transferase, it's a transferase. And peptidyl means it's involved in making peptides. So this is an enzyme, a transferase enzyme involved in making peptides. Okay. Um, an example of this is say, at, uh, in actually in the process of translation, uh, tra peptidyl transferase makes this possible. Let me explain. So translation is all about creating the peptide chain, right? Joining amino acid residues at the ribosome site and tRNA is grabbing free amino acid residues and adding them to adding them to the chain, right? So um, in this situation, the recall that the skeletal formula was A plus BX, so some molecule plus another molecule attached to a functional group, okay? Here A is some polypeptide chain, I just made one up, met methionine, alanine, leucine, okay? So that's a three residue um, polypeptide. Okay, that's A, and then the BX component is going to be lysine, a lysine residue, bonded to tRNA. Remember that tRNA grabs amino acids and brings them. So the tRNA is gonna grab lysine, which is the functional group. Lysine is the functional group. It's gonna bring it to the ribosome, bring it close. Peptidyl transferase will come in and, and add that. It, it'll transfer that lysine functional group onto the chain to, to create methionine, alanine, leucine, lysine, a four residue. Um, polypeptide. Remember, we started with three, we just added the lysine. And what added the lysine? Peptidyl transferase, okay? Not the tRNA. tRNA grabs it and makes it available, but the enzyme itself is what does the work. Number two is ligase, and this joins molecules together. This is probably the easiest one, and you already know a perfect example of this. Uh, the example I'm going to use is DNA ligase. What does it do? It joins Okazaki fragments. Recall that in DNA replication on the lagging strand, the newly synthesized strand is not done so continuously. As such, we are left with detached fragments we call Okazaki fragments. DNA ligase comes in and just stitches the fragments together. Cool. Number three is oxidoreductase. And as I said, this is probably the most content heavy of the six, um, but it's actually not too bad. Really, it's it, oxidoreductase is a heavy one because it's actually, it encapsulates the work of two separate enzymes, oxidase and reductase. The oxidase removes electrons from a molecule and reductase adds electrons to a molecule. So oxidoreductase reductase is really all about transferring electrons, okay? The, you know, if I had to sum it up, it's all about transferring electrons. Now remember, this is really a redox-heavy enzyme, so recall that you know you can interpret it as transferring electrons or transferring protons. I'll get into that in just a second. Let me discuss though the equilibrium arrows that I said I would discuss. This is the only skeletal formula with equilibrium arrows, where A plus B lone pair yields in equilibrium A lone pair plus B. Okay. Um, oxidoreductase essentially the interpretation, the thing you need to know is that the oxidoreductase enzyme catalyzes both the forward and reverse reaction. This is actually why we kind of merge oxidase and reductase into one enzyme, because it catalyzes both the forward and, and, and backward reactions, okay? So the formation of products and the breakup into reactants, it catalyzes both of these, okay? Now let me give you the example. Um, one example is lactic acid fermentation, the process using lactate dehydrogenase. So that, that is the oxo oxidoreductase enzyme, lactate dehydrogenase. 
In this example, um, the reaction is pyruvate plus NADH yields lactic acid plus NAD plus. This is in equilibrium. Let's take this apart. Let's look at our reactants, A plus B lone pair. Remember from the skeletal equation. Here, the reactants are pyruvate and NADH. Which do you think is going to be the one with lone pairs, pyruvate or NADH? Probably the NADH, right? Because NADH is a loaded electron carrier. NAD plus is the empty version. NADH is the full energized version. Okay, so you have pyruvate becoming lactic acid, and you know when it does so, I can actually let me specify the molecular formulas. Um, pyruvate, you have C3H4O3, and lactic acid's molecular formula is C3H6O3. Okay, so the forward reaction, pyruvate steals hydrogen. The backwards reaction, lactic acid gives hydrogen. Okay, and so that's really the work of the enzyme is allowing this transfer to occur. Specifically, dehydrogenase removes the hydride functional group, H minus. Recall that H hydrogen in its neutral state has one electron, one proton, right? H plus is one proton alone which means H minus is not going to be one electron alone. It's going to be the neutral hydrogen with an extra electron. So H minus is really two electrons. It's an anion, right? Um, and so the dehydrogenase removes this hydride functional group from lactic acid or removes E minus from lactic acid, depending on which way you're going. The point I want to specify with oxidoreductase is that it catalyzes both reactions, the backwards and the forwards reaction. Okay, so now we're kind of over the hill. That was really the heaviest one. I, the last three are actually pretty easy. Isomerase, I actually lied. I said that um, ligase was the easiest one. I think isomerase is probably the easiest one. This converts molecules between their isomers. So you have A yields B. Uh, a perfect example is glucose 6-phosphate becomes fructose 6-phosphate. Fructose you just took a group and moved it somewhere else on the molecule. That's it. The enzyme is what does that. The enzyme specifically is phosphoglucase isomerase, Okay. Uh, number five is hydrolase. I told you at the beginning that hydrolase is really just hydrolysis reactions. Okay, so I don't even have an example because you know many hydrolysis reactions. Hydrolases, example, serine hydrolase, uh, you know, allow for the hydro hydrolysis reaction to occur. That's it. Number six is lyase, which is a form of cleaving without H2O hydrolases or redox oxidoreductases. So you might, so uh, the example I give is arg ar arginosuccinate yielding arginine and succinate. Um, so you see that, you know, all, you know, we didn't form two separate distinct new products. We just took it and literally broke it in half. Arginino-succinate became arginine and succinate. That's it. Okay. That, now this, you know, brings up um, a very interesting question, which is how does it do that? How are they separated if you don't have H2O, right? Like in hydrolysis reactions, you need H2O to, to get the cleaving process uh, started, right? Um, so how does that work when you don't have H2O or redox techniques to help you out? And the way that it does, lyases do this is that they generate a double bond or a ring on the original molecule. So wherever they removed a group, a double bond or a ring is formed. And that is done to keep the octet, right? Because if you don't have an octet, you have, you know, a positively charged, uh, um, a group where it lost uh, a functional group, or you have a negatively charged where it gained something and now it's reactive. Regardless, whenever you're not neutral, if you're positive or negative, that becomes reactive, right? And we don't want it to be reactive because if you separate something, but they're still very reactive after you separate them, they'll just join back together again. They're very reactive, right? So what we need to do is we need to separate them and then you know satisfy both groups uh, in terms of the octet so they don't react with each other. How do we do that? 
through double bond or ring formation, which is what lyases do. So they cleave and they specifically uh, uh, generate a double bond or a ring. And that is all six enzyme types.